Good day, my friends. This is Under Review, the tennis podcast from an insider's perspective. I'm Craig Shapiro, and on the show, I talk with the most interesting voices in the sport. We have a great show for you today. Listen, we attend a lot of tournaments and run into a lot of interesting players with a lot of interesting insight. But these Warriors are slogging through the draws. There's little distinction between on the court and off the court. And they don't have time to go deep in the way we like to on under review. So in an effort to speak with players active on the tour, we're going to try a new format today. It's a lean and mean three-setter. We're calling on the court. Don't worry, our five-set format is still alive and well. We have a great episode with Marty Fish coming up soon. And for all you folks afraid of change, don't worry. Not that much is different. I am still Craig Shapiro, and we are still talking to the most interesting people in the sport. So here it is, our first go at On the Court with Craig Shapiro. As a sophomore at Stanford, she pulled off a historic sweep of the NCAA singles and doubles titles. As a pro, she's beaten Caroline Garcia and Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova. In 2016, she was 68 in the world, and now she's slugging it out week in and week out, trying to get back into the top 100. She's an insightful woman with a vigorous social media presence, and we have her here for you today. Nicole Gibbs is going to tell us what the day-to-day is like on the tour, how she feels there can be more gender equality in tennis, and what it takes to surprise your paramour after dating for six years. We met up with Nicole after a second-round match at the Newport Beach Tennis Tournament on the Oracle Challenger circuit. It's Court 19 out in the back of the Newport Beach uh, Tennis Club. We have Nicole Gibbs with us, uh, fresh out of the ice bath. <laughs> yes, exactly. Freezing. So if I'm shaking a little bit, my voice is shaking, you know why. Um, she just pistol whipped her opponent, um, so that's got to feel good. Yeah, I had a good match today. It's always uh, good to get through in a routine manner. You know, you are one of the more media savvy and active women on tour. What sparked that? Thank you, first of all. Um, I definitely try. I like the idea of being open with tennis fans. Um, I think they're... There is a desire um, from fans to, to know more about what our life is like on tour. Um, and I was really actually fortunate a couple years ago, Tennis Channel uh, featured me in a My Tennis Life series. Yeah, was that a good experience for you? Yeah, that was really awesome. Oh, yeah. um, I felt like I got to connect to, to the tennis fanship a lot better. Um, and I still have a lot of people come up to me at you know small challenger events and say hey you know I really liked your stuff on my tennis life um, it was great following you um, so that definitely inspired me to to continue to let the curtain down and and um, help my followers and my and my fans understand uh, what my life is like and what I'm going through on and off the court. Do you feel like you could win as many majors as the Bryan brothers if only you had their gear and a twin? Well. Aside from the twin, we might have your answer. Our friends at Selenko, who outfit the Bryans with their green string, the Hyper G, have teamed up with Under Review, and we will be giving away a sponsored player package to one lucky winner. This means you can get everything a pro player receives from Selenko. The bag, the string, the grips, the whole nine. If you want to find out more and enter to win, please follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'll have all the important details up there. At you are with CS is our Twitter, Under Review Tennis is our Facebook and Instagram. All right, this is the first set of our three-set format. Call this the Players' Lounge. 
It's where we discuss your life on the tour and beyond. Let's talk about your tennis. At the moment, uh, I know that you're pushing hard on your fitness. I feel like you had a challenging year last year. How's your tennis? My tennis? Um, yeah, I've had some challenging years in the past couple years. Um, I had uh, the best year of my career in 2016. Yeah. Um, you know, which is starting to feel too long ago now. But, uh, you know, I've, I've changed a bunch of stuff at, at the end of this past year, um, most notably just my mindset about how I'm approaching my tennis and, um, you know, the way that I'm building my team. Um, and I'm actually really starting to build a lot of confidence again, um, not necessarily with, you know, immediate wins in mind, um, but with a longer view of, you know, how I can really maximize myself. Um, and I'm feeling more motivated to kind of do the work every day, uh, knowing that I have that greater vision in mind. Do you have any kind of explanation for, for the lack of results? I mean... Uh, no, I actually don't. Uh, I'm not gonna like sit here and say that I have this excuse or I was injured or my coaching changed. Like all of those things happened, but they happen in the course of a career. And there are plenty of players who change coaches or who have injuries. Um, at the end of the day, like you can make as many excuses as you want, um, but there are plenty of players who go through all of those things and, and they don't see the same dip in their rankings. So um, this year for me has been about um, you know, dropping any sort of excuse mindset, just having a mindset of, okay, what can I do from where I am right now? Um, and how can I best um, set myself up for, for success in the future? Um, so just trying to take a little bit of a broader view and um, hopefully get back to where I know I can play. Um, X's and O's, are there things that you're working on? I see that, you, I mean, your fitness seems like it's incredible. Um, <laughs> are yeah. there technique things that you are, um... Yeah, so so that's been something um, I've really put a lot of emphasis on at the end of last season. Um, I'm back working with the USTA for coaching. Um, I work with a guy named Chris Tons, who's been awesome with me on court. Um, he's someone I've known for a long time. He's very supportive. Um, he believes in me, and he knows my game inside and out. Um, but I think the biggest sort of transition for me has been just really emphasizing fitness. Um, in the preseason, I started working uh, with a new trainee, trainer, um, Danny Ciccolini, and he's been awesome. Um, you guys are doing stuff on the sand. Yeah, the yeah, really kind of alternative stuff um, that, you know, works my brain as much, much as it does my body. But um, I actually brought him with me to Australia, which was new for me. I had never taken a trainer on the road with me before who was dedicated to me personally. Um, so that was really exciting for me, and I feel like I built a really solid base that I'm excited to, um, you know, expand upon. Um, but a lot of times we'll have three-week preseasons as professional athletes and then play an 11-month season, and, you know, how are you supposed to really build a strong base in those three weeks? It's pretty, pretty much impossible. Um, and so the idea was, okay, he comes with me to Australia. We set more of a six, seven week base, and then we can pick out some weeks during the year where he can get back on the road with me and just really make sure that fitness and health are my number one priority. Um, I have to ask you, your uh, fiance put together one of the great <laughs> videos to propose. I mean, it was as slick as anything I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. what, I mean, he practiced, I mean, he got that together over a year? Or yeah, a two, two years, I think. Woo! Yeah, it was truly Amazing. epic. Yeah. By the way, if you have not seen this, <laughs> I highly recommend it, especially for all the 
the guys that are thinking about proposing to their, their ladies, or really anybody proposing to anybody should see it. It's incredible. Uh, hats off, is it Jack? Jack, yeah. I yeah. mean, that had to have just been an incredible moment. Oh, yeah, it, it rocked my world for sure. Um, Can you describe what he did? Yeah, so he, at the time, had been acting as my agent, so to speak, because I didn't have an agent at the time. But you and, have a boyfriend and girlfriend from college. Yeah, so we had been dating uh, almost six years, maybe over six years at the time. Can't exactly remember. Um, and so I was, like, getting to a place where I was like, okay, it's, like, maybe about time. Okay. Um, so I definitely knew it was, like, in the cards, but I had no idea um, the way that he tricked me into it was, like, expert level. He had been acting as my agent. He set up a fake photo shoot at Stanford. He said it was an alumni past champions photo shoot. And so I got all dressed up. I went to the quad. I didn't, you know, think twice that there were photographers, that sort of stuff. And the photographers were like, you know, Jack said, oh, I'm going to run to the restroom or something. And the photographers were like, we just want to play this intro video for you um, so that you know that what you're doing today for the photo shoot. And I pressed play and it was this epic video that Jack had, (coughs) excuse me, scripted and um, and taken videos of himself for two years. Just wherever they were. Yeah, wherever we were. He would pop a shot. Yeah, and it... The, it was slick. It I was mean, crazy. incredible. And it, it would say things like, you know, I can't wait to grow with you. And he would be, you know, in Maui or something with, like, all this greenery in the background. Yeah, you'd be, like, walking like, through a forest. Yeah. And yeah. he'd be, so, like, it was amazing. I was obviously, by this time, already, like bawling my eyes out and then the last um scene of the video was him holding up a card that says okay now turn around um and he was behind me in the stanford quad area um and yeah that's how he proposed it was totally epic and it completely threw me off and i honestly i did not know that you could be kind of like surprised after like six years like being proposed to i was kind of like oh, well, I'm going to know it's coming, so it's not going to be crazy. It literally rocked my world. Major props to Jack. That was one of the most incredible things (laughs) we've seen in tennis, to be honest with you. I mean, amazing. (laughs) Um, You're here getting matches in. You're playing. What's next for you? Um, In theory, I'm going to Midland. Pending the result here, how many matches I'm getting, you know, got to, again, prioritizing my health, prioritizing my fitness. So that's, you know, what I'm going to consider at the end of this week. Um, is it in the best interest of my long-term success to go play this event? Is it not? So um, Midland next is the plan, and then would be a few few weeks off, actually, um, which is nice, and then uh, Indian Wells Challenger, and then Indian Wells itself. Um, you're a New Balance contract. Danielle Collins is as well. Have you played her? Do you play her a lot in college? Did you guys cross? Did you guys? No, we actually didn't overlap. Oh, you didn't overlap mysteriously because okay. we're around the same age. I don't really know how that happened. I think she played maybe one of the years that I did, but I think she was having some injuries. Um, we played twice on tour, once like a million years ago, and then once um, at the end of 2017. Um, she beat me in three sets in that match. Uh, it's been crazy to watch her growth curve. She's just better Incredible. and better every week. Um, definitely have no sense of where the ceiling is for her yet. <sighs> Amazing uh, turn of events for uh, another New Balance player, I guess. Yeah, exactly. She just signed on the team last year, so it's great for New Balance as well. 
Yeah, and you guys look great in your clothes. I feel like New Balance is doing stuff that no one else is doing. Yeah, they're awesome. I, I've been so impressed with them. Um, you know, this is now my sixth year as a New Balance athlete, which I'm really, really proud to say. Um, you never see that level of brand loyalty um, in any sport. So uh, for them to back me in the way they have is amazing. And I'm so proud to wear their clothes because I think they look better than anyone else's, no, no, the to best, be honest. The best, best colorways for sure. Yeah. Um, I love their stuff. It looks amazing. Yeah, it's really fun. Shout out to Bruce Schilling, right? Yes. Cool, yeah, cool. Yeah, the man himself. Let's move into our second set. We call this the 10 ball scramble. Cool. This is uh, really word association. Sure. I say it and you just say what's what's in your mind. <laughs> okay. Cleveland Browns. Oh, bad at football. <laughs> You're all Clevelanders, isn't yeah. that right? Yeah, I love them. They, they actually had a nice building year this year, so that's brutal for me, but it's true. As a lifelong fan, you just learn to cope with your misery. Just keep it moving. Um, college tennis. Uh, great for development. Pro tennis. <laughs> a huge life challenge for me. <laughs> Favorite tournament. Ooh, Indian Wells. Favorite court. Could be any court anywhere in the whole wide world. Stanford Center Court, Toby Tennis Center. You had a lot of W's in there. Yeah. What's your record in there? Oh, I don't know. No? There okay. weren't too many losses, though. <laughs> Not too many. <laughs> yeah. Um, Instagram. Uh, taxing, <laughs> mentally, mentally taxing. Oh, that's interesting. Twitter. Yeah. Uh, fun, whimsical. Facebook. Uh, for my parents. <laughs> All done. Facebook is, uh, is on the back burner. Yeah, I think so. Um, on court coaching. Uh, I think it needs to be improved upon. What do you think needs to move on on-court coaching? So I think a couple things need to change. First of all, it shouldn't be um, different for the two different genders, I think that makes no sense. So I think uh, to get a unified front between the WTA, ATP, and ITF would be huge because um, it also takes us out of our rhythm. We have you know, a WTA event one week, there's on-court coaching. Next week is a challenger event, there's no on-court coaching. Then you go back to a WTA, on-court coaching, go to a Grand Slam, no on-court coaching. It's just kind of like whiplash. Um, and you know, for us, we're so obsessed with our routines and our methods around competing that um, I, for me, I, I just don't like how it switches back and forth for uh, you know, seemingly no apparent reason. Um, and I, I do think it kind of looks weird that the women get on-court coaching and the men don't, and then you get all this like, you know, Twitter garbage that's like, oh, the women need coaching because they don't know what to do with themselves on court. Um, so I think kind of getting rid of that narrative is really important, first of all. And then second of all, um, the Grand Slams have actually been experimenting in qualifying with off-court coaching, where um, the coaches are actually allowed to coach from the stands. I think that's a way better execution of coaching within tennis. Um, as we unfortunately well know, a lot of coaching occurs from the sidelines anyway. Um, so being non-hypocritical about that and just integrating it into the game, I think, would be a major next step. Nicole Gibbs just breaking it all down. This is our last set. Uh -huh. We call this the queen of the court. If you were the queen of all the tennis, how would you do it? You know, our friend Jerry Maserati from The New Yorker wrote a great article a year or two ago, I think, that really explained how plugged in and, and in tune you were to social issues and gender issues. Um, what would be 
a broad sweeping thing that you would like to, or maybe not, maybe it's just something something small that you would like, if you were the queen of tennis, yep. to change? Uh, there are a couple of things. First of all, I would love to see WTA and ATP combine um, and just unify under one umbrella. Um, I think we've proven with our major events that tennis is at its best when it's a combined event. That's when the fans are most excited. That's when they're most engaged. They get the best product. Um, so that would be the first thing. You that, combine the two. Yes. And what about, where, where does the ITF live? Uh, I'm not sure it lives anywhere. I think I think there needs to be a unification of the different rule books, the different, um, you know, administrative columns. Um, I think that needs to be, you know, in an ideal world where yeah, yeah. I was the queen, that would be the first overhaul. The second overhaul, I think um, tennis has to be very progressive um, with their mindset towards formatting. I think we're very antiquated. I was just trying to explain the scoring of tennis to someone a couple of days ago, and I realized that after 20 years of playing tennis, I could not concisely explain how, how we score. Um, and, you know, there is a certain amount of tradition that I appreciate about tennis. I think it lends itself to some epic battles, um, but we should at least be looking at um, shortening matches to make them more palatable for the, the general public. I think best of five is dead. Um, whether we want to admit that or not, I don't think anyone has the attention span for a four-hour match on, on television, which is where we're making most of our money. Um, and again, just equality across the genders, I think, um, is a way better message for the fans of tennis. Nicole Gibbs, um, four-time Stanford national champion, uh, took your time to talk with us. We really appreciate it. Um, hope you have a terrific year. When are you uh, tying the knot? Uh, November 9th, end of this year. Oh, my. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, congratulations on all those different things. Thank you very much, and uh, you're released. All right. Thank you so much. Huge thank you to Nicole Gibbs, Thank you to the Newport Beach Tennis Club. Big thank you to Sarah Romano and all the folks at the Oracle Challenger Series. I want to thank everyone for listening, giving us feedback, and spreading the word. If you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review us. We can be found on iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere else you get your podcasts. If you have any comments, concerns, or if there's anyone you'd like to hear from, our lines are open 24-7. Our email is info at underreviewtennis.com. At UR with CS is our Twitter handle. Underreview Tennis is our Instagram and Facebook. Our producer is Scott Tuft. And our music is by Brian Senti. Jason Binnick did our mix. We'll be back before you know it with more of the most interesting voices in the sport. Until then, I'm Craig Shapiro, and you are released. <laughs>